0: Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. Welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat ball. Kenneth, how you doing, man?
1: I can't complain, man. Always glad to be here. Always glad to talk Miami Heat ball, even on a night after a night like Wednesday night was. And you can tell by the tone of my voice, it wasn't a good night.
0: It wasn't a good night. We're coming at you live on March 10th, 2022. So last night, the Heat got, sh- got the shit kicked out of them by the Phoenix Suns, but we're not reading really too much into it. Before we get into everything that we have planned for you guys today, we want to first put up our socials. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Rivera MBA, and you can find the podcast account on Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. And Kenneth, where can they find you?
1: <laughs> on Twitter, man. They can find you, man, at KSK. <laughs> That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E again. K said K on Twitter and on Instagram. I am K Serious. I A M K C I R R U S again. I am K Serious on Instagram. Let's get it.
0: I don't know why you give out your Instagram because you barely use it. I don't. I, I hey. never see a story. I never see a post. I barely see posts.
1: Hey, listen, man. Um, so it's kind of been a real wonky six months. Um, had a couple of things going on, but. I tell you what, I give it out because the moment you see me post again, you're gonna wish I stopped posting. I promise.
0: Okay, okay. I'll take you up for to that. And don't anyway. put that
1: bad juju. And don't put that bad juju on me because you don't use your Instagram. You're just trying to bring me down to your level. I see what you're doing. I
0: ain't, I ain't trying to bring you down, man. I I constantly post things in my stories just that you know why well, I tell the people to follow you. It's if there's, there's no content for them, I'm just kidding. But. Hey. Because I got thousands of posts of content. Look, man, if you don't know me, you can go back and get a true picture of me by hopping on the Instagram, but I digress. Okay, let's get into it. First up, we got the Monday night game against the Houston Rockets, which saw Victor Oladipo return to the Miami Heat. When he checked back into the game, he received a standing ovation, very loud ovation from the 305 so it was really cool to see on TV and the Miami Heat ended up beating the Houston Rockets 123 to 106 and a game that saw them go behind early on they were down by by as many as 13 and it was a bit like oh oh but then they got their shit together Tyler Hero exploded in the second quarter and it was that from there on out it was it wasn't a contest to be honest Kenneth, what did you see in that game, particularly when they went down by as many as 13 points to the Houston Rockets?
1: Yeah, man. Um, it's just one of those issues that affect the Heat sometime, um, getting out to a good start or hitting moments of stagnation. And, of course, with Kyle Laurie and Tyler Hero's um, continuing evolution and Gabe Benson and Max Strus and all the guys we got over there, the depth that we have over there, um, there have been – Fewer occasions during this season where they've hit those snags or snafus where the offense just couldn't get anything going. But um, that was the case to start out the game. But you also had a situation where the guys on Houston's side were going nuclear. Um, Jalen Green, who isn't a good three-point shooter, let's just be honest, he's a volume shooter at this moment. Not quite Trey Young, but in a similar mold right now. He shoots so many that he's bound to hit some. Uh, he started out the game four for four from three. Uh, so that's something that you don't expect. But then when you have a guy like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. who eventually found himself, um, you know, going off from distance as well, that just makes for a recipe where you could find yourself down early. However, you know, you're talking about one of the league's youngest teams. You're talking about one of the league's worst teams. Um, Everybody's a pro, so everybody in the NBA is good. But, you know, let's just call it what it is. Right now they don't have it. Um, And the record says it all. However, I'll tell you this. What you do take from the fact that they were able to go up big on the heat in the first place um, is the fact that this is a Houston team that does have talent, which again is proven by the fact that they were able to beat the Lakers in overtime on Wednesday. Again, the Lakers are the Lakers, but at the same time, they're they still a man. team with LeBron. They're still a team with LeBron James that shouldn't lose to the worst team in the league. I don't care what you say.
0: By the way, credit to them; they were playing with a lot of energy to start, and for a second there, it looked like Miami. Like, so let me, struggle I'm sorry. With,
1: let me, I'm sorry. I have to ask you this, boss. So, right. You'll say that when I use the Houston Rockets beating the Lakers, right? But were you saying the Lakers suck when LeBron went 56 and they beat the Warriors the previous Saturday night?
0: Yeah, they still suck. Listen, change the thing for me. LeBron James okay. is, uh, argue, is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, but he's still in a shitty team that he partially right, has and, blame and, on on the roster construction.
1: And that's my point, and that's why they shouldn't be losing to the Rockets. That's all I wanted to get to. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say that the Rockets, they're young, they're athletic, they're fast. And as a young team, yeah, sometimes you're going to have nights where if the shots start falling and you have play with that kind of effort, then you might take a team by surprise. However, the mistakes started, started happening. The shooting kind of went back to earth, and that's how Miami capitalized. And as we mentioned, Tyler Hero went on a heater in that second quarter. Capped by that, capped off by that incredible buzzer beater to end the half. I believe it was the end of half, right? Or it was the two end of yeah, it was the end of half. Yeah. So afterwards, Miami never looked back. Some interesting things from this game: Max drews and Gabe Vincent did not see the floor. So there's a thing that. uh, people have been talking about, about who's going to lose minutes when Depot comes back. Well, it looks like, as of right now, the odd man out, as Kenneth mentioned before, I'm going to give him credit on this. It was Max Drews. Now, granted, I did say they, not see, they did not see the floor, but you know what I mean. They saw the floor on garbage time. They played about four minutes each. But still, it looks like what most people have been harping on, saying that Max Drews is the odd man out. Kind of looks like it's coming to fruition, right, Kenneth? And as a precedent of the big, of the click-clack club, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I mean, I, like I said, man, I had anticipated it. And that's if you want to place a concrete blueprint on it. However, I've also leaned this way more in the past two weeks just thinking about it. Um, and he said something after the game that I'll get to in a second after I say this statement that kind of hints at that very point. When you're talking about top 15, that's what I call him, top 15, that's Coach Bo. Uh When you're talking about top 15, man, it's never that simple. He's too smart to make it that simple. I think it's going to be a situation where, of course, Victor Ladepo is your first run off the bench type guy. But if we get in a situation where Duncan is struggling or where we get down big, such as the game against Phoenix, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, you're going to see uh, Max True You know what I mean? Because he's a shooter of the highest order and there's also something else that i want to mention in reference to like why Gabe benson could also see his time click back up in certain instances but that's also something for the phoenix game so we'll save that but i think it's a situation where yeah victor ladipo get right a first refusal he'll be the guy that comes off the bench first behind tyler hero obviously but at the same time it's going to be situationally dependent but i do say that if you had to pick one guy that's probably going to lose out on quite a bit of minutes because of Victor Oladipo's presence is going to be Max Struz because he's the guy that doesn't do as much. He can do, it all. He can do a lot of the bounce, and we've noted that as early as this past summer coming into the season, but he still finds himself in situations where he doesn't do all that he's capable of, and that's just something that's going to continue to come with development. I mean, I would rather – you know what I mean? I would – I would rather have no other guy in our development system right now other than a guy like Max Struz who shows you he had all the tools. So I think that all that other stuff will come. But it's because of the versatility of all the other parts that you could play um, instead of Max Struz is kind of going to hinder him at this point. Like when you think about Gabe Vincent and the developments that he's made on the defensive end under the tutelage of Avery Bradley and his take last year, when you think about the fact that he's come back this year and fully unleashed the pity pack game along with the jump shot, able to finish at three levels, whether you want to admit it or not, um, not just you, but, you know, the world. So I wasn't coming at you there. Um, and then you look at a guy like Caleb Martin who's like, you know what I mean, Jimmy Butler-like. Again, he doesn't have the impact of Jimmy Butler. He hasn't learned how to impact the game or move his team like Jimmy Butler. But when you look at the things that he does out there on the floor, from getting in the passing lanes to harassing to galvanizing lineups to being a presence on the defensive end that can absolutely change games for you, then Caleb Martin is doing all of that. And by the way, shout out to him. He's had a tough time over the past month or so with those lower body injuries, and he did it again in Phoenix. Again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we hope he's all right. Because as I mentioned, the things he does for that second unit, kind of Jimmy Butler-like in certain areas, um, it's really a massive benefit to our team. And if you look at that trap, that that matchup 2-3 zone, it doesn't work the same if Gabe and Caleb aren't out there doing it. So... Um, when you look at Max, man, it's just that he's the one that doesn't do as much as the other two options there.
0: Well, shit, I think I I can't add to that. <laughs> you went on a tear there, buddy. Okay, let's talk about Kyle Lowry's return to the team. Kyle Lowry, as we all know, missed a couple games due to personal reasons again, and he came back against Houston. did a score, but his impact was felt. The way the offense was humming, getting his getting guys in the right spots. It was palpable, the, the difference between having him. And I'm not, not to discredit Gabe or anyone else, but there's no, a difference Kyle different. Lowry.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. the ultimate problem solver. Wrote that at all you can heat, man. Like you said, not to discredit Gabe, but Cal is just different. Go ahead. Sorry about that, boss. I just had to interject. Oh, another interjection. That Houston game, I'm going to be honest. If Kyle Lowry isn't playing... That, you know what I mean? That's a game that could be scary going into the fourth quarter if Kyle Laurie isn't playing. But that speaks to the point that we're both trying to make here.
0: Yeah. He settles us down, although, which is it's ironic saying he settles us down because when he's out there, he plays at a very high pace. At a more it's, frantic it's, it's, pace,
1: right. I know. Irony yeah. at his finest.
0: But in a sense, he settles them down because they everybody knows what they have to do. They don't have to worry about... Setting up the other guy, or have to worry about, hey, um, is he going to find me or anything? Because Kyle Lowry will find you, or he will set, he will put you in the spot where you need to be.
1: It's like Lowry is your favorite manager at your after-school job. It's like when you can go into your after-school job. Let's say you work at an ice cream shop, right? And let's say you work at a franchise ice cream shop where a person owns it, and like the owner also doubles as the manager, whatever, whatever. So you come in there, and there are sometimes where you might have to organize the ice cream or you might have to straighten up the spoons or you might have to frost the cones yourself. Well, not only do you have to serve the customers, but then you got to do all of that. Well, when you got like a corporate store and they have a manager in place that's making 65, 70,000 a year, you know what I mean? I'm throwing numbers on it to be very specific, but they have all the ice cream set up. They already have the cones frosted. They already have the spoons set in place. All you got to do is scoop ice cream and take money. That job is going to be easy. Kyle is that manager that make sure you're set up to succeed
0: Kyle Lowry ice cream shop manager
1: I mean you said it not me <laughs> but look at those cheeks he must love something sweet
0: <laughs> well not if he wants to pass the my the the heat culture fitness test
1: well, you know, you're giving your paint.
0: They're pretty. I mean, they they're pretty lenient sometimes. I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest. They're sometimes pretty lenient with the body fat thing and all that. Although they did they did send James Johnson home about that one year. But anyway, we're veering off track here. Duncan Robinson has had back to back good games shooting from deep. He shot well against Houston, three for seven, and against Phoenix, he went lights out, especially in the first quarter. First half, I should say. He had five three-pointers in that first half, but then it was a big, fat nothing afterwards. I mean, the whole second half was rough, and I mean really rough for the Heat in that game. You know, let's talk about, I mean, shit, I didn't give a pro- I didn't give cl- proper closure to the Houston game. You want to say something else I mean, about Houston? No, I, I think you
1: did it justice, man. I mean, look, started out with the Houston Rockets able to make shots. We were supposed to win that game, and that's what we did going away. Um, Victor Oladipo 11-4 and, uh, and one um, in his first contest. You like the way he looked. He looked a little spry. You could tell that he's coming back from injury. A little bit of the burst isn't there. Um, and those are things that he should all get back in the first you know, couple of weeks of action here. But again just good to get him back on the floor. Uh, continuity's purpose. We were good. I mean you're supposed to be I mean, Houston and that's what you
0: did. Something to add on that point. Let's say in Houston. How great is it that his first defensive possession he took a charge? There's a
1: charge, right? And he took two that, was, in that game. Now, I mean,
0: that was great. Even, and he he scored absolutely. eleven. He scored a jump yeah. shot. He but the the real value he he's providing off ball is his cutting. I mean, his back cuts. Obviously, his his defense is outstanding. It's probably his calling card right now. But the cuts he was making. And just providing another threat out there for the team. I'm really interested to see how they, how everything meshes in this, these final what? I believe we have 8-15 games left. About so, 15
1: games. It's, it's funny you say that, though, and not to cut you off, but that's the point. I think that the second part of that you said, just having another guy out there is somebody that the defense absolutely knows is a threat, even if he's only at, like, 50% right now. Um, but... To that other point, the cutting and seeing how it mesh, I think that's a point to stick on because it it doesn't always look good yet. And again, only two games, so we're not expecting it to be one hundred percent, Chris. But that's something we'll get to in the Phoenix game.
0: Yeah, let's get to Phoenix. The Miami Heat lost one eleven to ninety. They had lo- they had won three straight. Kind of due for a bad game, as I told Kenneth pre pod. Kenneth, I mean, it sounds pretty simplistic, but Hey, sometimes things work out that way. The Suns are a good team; they have the best record in the NBA. They were missing Chris Paul, and this was Devin Booker's get, return game of health and safety protocols. He had missed four games previously, the previous four games, I should say. And the Miami Heat—they—they they went. Those first two quarters, I would say, were very entertaining. But after that, as soon as the second half started. It was a wrap from there because
1: Miami couldn't get
0: nothing going. Do you want to know how many they points it. they scored in the second half?
1: Um, Based on the first half score, which was 57 to 55, um, the Miami Heat scored 45 points in the second half?
0: 35 points.
1: 35 okay my math was off by 10 all I know is that the Suns went on a 12-3 run to open the third period and that was all she wrote
0: yeah 35 points and a half it's not gonna cut it brothers so whatever it was a bad game offensively for the Heat at least for, sub 40% although 38.8 39.8% point, point point, point excuse me 30% from right. deep not ideal and you know Jimmy was missing that night last night I should say although I don't know if he fully solved our problems last night
1: I think he, I think he does though and and that that's a point that I've been I've been itching I won't go to Twitter with it because you know Twitter's gonna believe what they believe and I love to argue on Twitter because that's just what I do but at the same time that's the, and that's why Jimmy's so important for us in those moments where we can't get anything going or where things are going ugly Jimmy actually, his most the most beautiful part of his game is the ugly shit. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, the way he draws fouls, but, the right, tough shots ex- exactly. he makes inside.
1: The way he gets to his spots, like the most beautiful. He thrives in an ugly-ass game. That's the way he wants to do it. So in those situations, um, first of all, they never open the third period on a 12-3 run if Jimmy Butler's there. It might be 12-5 but at least he's going to get you them two points and get to the free throw line, which instead of putting you down 17 to end the third period, you might only be down 10. You know what I mean? And that gives you a chance, but that's what Jimmy Butler does. But he wasn't there, and we've won and succeeded without star players or without guys in the lineup all season long, so I won't give us that pass either. We still should have been better, more crisp. Because here's a lot of what you're seeing, and this isn't taking anything away from the Suns. They play defense. They hit the boards harder. They made tough shots, all of that. And but people I, and let have me add something. Go and, ahead.
0: In the first half, DeAndre In was killing us with the switches. Whenever they switched, and he got a small guy on him, they they don't make the mistake that most that some teams make that they take very long to find the guy, and by then it's too late. They oh, find him quickly.
1: The thing. You mean the thing that we do, and then on the second part, also what we do? There's two parts to that. If he has a mismatch, they get it to him quick. And once they get it to him, he goes to work. Um, This wasn't Bam's fault last night, but just as a general and Bam wanted to look at what he should be doing every game, that's that. We have to do a better job of getting him the ball on mismatch because we do that for PJ. We do that for Jimmy. We have to do a better job of getting – and maybe this is a part – Maybe half of that is the rest of the guys and half of that is on Bam. Maybe, you know, they're slower to get him the ball because of this second part. And when they get him the ball on mismatches, Bam has to kill him because that's what Aiden did. But even beyond that, man, um, the Miami Heat, and again, it wasn't a Bam aggression thing last night because he took his attempts. He was as aggressive as all get out. There were some times where he should have been more passive, but he still was aggressive. And you love that because that's he was you aggressive and- for is Bam to
0: shoot his look. His- Go ahead. He played aggressively, and he, I mean, he has this ability sometimes that he, when he's a aggr- like we're used to see him be so passive, that when he he feels aggressive, then you look up at the box score. He shot eleven, he shot eleven field goals. Right,
1: right, and it doesn't look like it. It, it looks like more than it what it was,
0: which is and that's crazy. What
1: you're saying. Right, but but that's Tyler, he what it let the team in shots, bro. But I think that's what it means for him to be aggressive. Nobody's telling him to come out and shoot 30 times a game. But if you just take your 10, 11, 12, 15 attempts, then it's going to add up. Not only if we're seeing that amount of volume, then the defense and the opposing coaches have to be seeing that amount of volume, which only means that they're going to throw more attention. And when you're talking about a guy who's basically a playmaking savant um, at his level of play, at his position, at his size, Is Bam value. So once the defense throws that attention and stop your scoring, that's when you do that other thing you love to do, which is get your guys involved. And you know the way, there was go ahead.
0: No no no. Go you finish because I just want to mention a, a play that I loved between him and Depot in the first half.
1: So there was Go ahead and finish a lot of this and there was a lot of this in the second half on on Wednesday night. Um the Miami Heat played a decent opening quarter. They played an okay second quarter. And after that, everything just went downhill. Not only could they not make shots, not only were the Suns making tough-ass shots, but the Miami Heat just weren't crisp. They just weren't fluid. Um, A lot of people want to point to what the Suns were doing on the defensive side as to why the Miami Heat ended up, you know, looking the way that they did. But it was simply a lot of the things that they typically do fluidly, a lot of the things that they typically do crisp. A lot of things that they're typically as sharp as a knife on. um, They just weren't on Wednesday night. And then, of course, when you have the Suns making shots on the other side, they cashing in their attempts and even more so, where you can't get anything to go for you, it's going to end up looking like this. And I have an example. In the third period, there was a time where Bam Adebayo got the ball on the left block if you're looking at your TV. Not the left block, I'm sorry, the left elbow if you're looking at your TV. Well, he ends up finding Depot but that's the same area that Cal Laurie is about to run to to get the ball. Well, Cal Laurie has been doing that all season and you're not blaming Depot there. You're not blaming Bam there, but what you are blaming is the team continuity and their fluidity as a whole. Like what they have to do is when you're in a situation where you're already under the gun, you can't afford not to be as crisp, as fluid as possible. And they just found themselves in situations last night where everything became discombobulated. And once the offense and the sets and the confusion and how everybody organized on the court wasn't working right, then the shots weren't falling. Because you can also point to a situation like, for example, a, lap, a play that a lot of people are talking about was the BAM rim run where Bridge Bridges ended up blocking the shot off the weak side. Well, in those typical situations, what BAM does is take a second to get his feet up under him, gather, move those guys out the way, and dunk the ball, even finish the ball with the and one layup. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff that the Heat didn't do well last night. More so than the Phoenix guys did well, and you give them credit for winning. The Miami Heat were defeated, but at the end of the day, don't give Phoenix too much credit while you're trying to let your guys off the hook when they were just poor on their offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, I already you went on a tangent there, so I forgot what play I was. Oh yeah. I I just want to give
1: a. I get long winning sometimes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, especially in this pod. Um, no, I just wanted to talk about, give a quick shout out to a play that I really liked. Saw Depot cutting baseline and bam, near the elbow, finding him for a bounce pass, and Depot finished it beautifully. And, you know, positive among a night filled with many negatives for the Heat.
1: I mean, I agree, man. Um, was it last night or was it Monday night where Depot found Demet slicing down the lane off of the baseline? Because, um, I mean, even, regardless of when it was, I mean, just the the fact that he has been able to mesh or merge himself into the lineup this well, this early, it's positive. Like I said, where, where I spoke about the discombobulation of the clunkiness in the offense, there's still a lot that he has to figure out and work on because – I fully believe the Depo's if you had to choose again nobody's wrong you're not blaming him but if somebody's wrong there it's Depo because laurie has been there all year that's what Laurie has done when somebody's in trouble he go get the ball and make something happen so I think that Depot has to realize how things have worked and how he can best fit himself in but you do love that the areas where he has shown to already mess with the team that he's done so already and again that's just something that's going to come with time playing together in continuity but yeah I agree um where he has excelled, he's really excelled.
0: By the way, with Depot's return, we have seen some funky lineup combinations. In Houston, against Houston, we saw Lowry, Hero, and Depot share the floor at the same time. That was interesting to see. And playing, I mean, playing Depot and Tyler Hero together, I'm really curious to see how that works. Because... All season long, Tyler Hero has been the main ball handler of the second unit. The main scorer. He's... Hell, he's currently our... I believe he's our second leading scorer on the team right now. So I'm interested to see how he and Depot coexist when they share the floor together. I would have thought... I, w- I thought... I personally thought that he was going to see more playing time alongside Kyle Lowry instead of Tyler Hero. But, you know... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the results are encouraging or discouraging. I just... We don't have enough set we don't have enough data to reach a conclusion.
1: Well, I don't think that you should really pin him to any particular combination because I think that's the beautiful thing about Depot. There'll be things I
0: am not let me oh, be no, clear. no, no, I I'm not was, I'm, I'm not
1: I'm not saying you though JJ. I'm just speaking in general. See, don't take that personal. I'm just speaking in general. I don't think we should get used to seeing him with any particular personal lineup. Because, again, I think that's the beautiful thing about a guy like Depot, who in this particular league, who can reasonably slide in at one, two, or three. You can see him out there with anybody, bro.
0: Three in certain situations. But I think he thrives more as a one or two. Although, you
1: know. Think about last night where Gabe Vincent is your starter instead of Caleb Martin because you want to remain, you know what I mean? You want to continue that continuity for the playoffs and as your rotations will go there, so – typically throughout the season when Jimmy Butler hasn't played you've seen Caleb Martin inserted into that starting lineup Jimmy Light as I've called him um but you saw Gabe Vincent inserted last night well what if there's a situation where you know what I mean you have Kyle Gabe and Vic or Kyle Tyler and Vic let's just be real Vic is your 3 in those lineups
0: yeah but you know what he meant was optimally as yes, if like Optimally like you don't want him as a three in on a lot of situations and you want him like there it's a situational thing with him playing to three. That's all I'm gonna say. So Oh no,
1: totally. But I would but see, I think that we get too locked into the traditional roles of those guys as a much to just simply numbering out a lineup here. Because I mean with the way that the game has changed, man, let's just be honest. You really don't have two guards and three guards anymore. Um, you really don't have centers anymore or power forwards. You have a point guard, you have wings, and you have bigs. Those are really your three positions in the NBA.
0: Which brings me to call on the NBA once again to eliminate positions on the all-NBA ballots so that we don't have the travesty that's going to happen this season of not having Jokic and Embiid on the first team. But that's a discussion for another day. Let's talk about the upcoming games. First off, we got the Cavs, I believe, on – like, sorry, the Timberwolves on Saturday. And we then... have the
1: Cavs on Friday and the Timberwolves yeah. on Saturday. Get it yeah, together, I, brother.
0: I've, I've, I, got a, I got a bit of a brain fart. I don't know what happened it's there. It's all good, but yes, man. It's all good. We got the Cavs on Friday and the T-Wolves on Saturday. So, another back-to-back for the Heat. But good thing it's at home. So, any thoughts I mean, on this? You got... Oh, yeah. The Cavaliers, they're, they're going through it a bit. They lost absolutely. Jared Allen indefinitely.
1: But they were they've slumping really, before that.
0: Yeah, they've been a really good story. But listen, Jared that, Allen is really important to what they want to do. So
1: Absolutely, but also what I told you in, earlier in the season is starting to come to fruition. What has been their strength for a lot of the season has immediately turned into their weakness. And you're starting to see it as teams get geared up for the playoff or playoffs, So as we get later into the season where teams have had enough chance to scout them or prepare for them, their size is a benefit, right? Mm-hmm. But once a team, once a team has an, a chance or the opportunity to scheme for your size, that then turns into a negative. And now here's the kicker. They have to totally revamp what they're doing because they've leaned so much on their size all season. Now, granted, Lord marketing just came back. So you can say that they got used to playing without their sides. Okay, they got used to playing without some of the sides on the wing, but they still had Allen and that boy that's a fool. Um, The Mm -hmm. rookie and Mobley, I mean, that boy a fool on the court. You hear me? Um, Mm. I I don't say this about too many people, and Julius Randle can get out of here. Evan Mobley's going to be a better Chris Bosh. And that's hard to say, but he's going to be a better Chris Bosh. Because he... The thing that Chris Bosch found on defense, the ability to play anywhere defensively, especially the middle, once he got to Miami, Mobley already has that. But not to give them too many credits. Um, okay, I think that talk about you know, giving them
0: credit as a sort, some sort of currency.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Without Allen in the lineup, though, man, that's going to hurt him, and especially against us. And if we, you know, we owe Cleveland because they beat us a couple of times this year. We also owe Minnesota. Because I think they beat us the last time we played, but they also yep, talked they a lot did. of trash, and the, they talked a lot of trash in the process. Um, so not it only like they won their
0: championship, so
1: right. Well, they feel like that anytime you know for some reason anytime they beat us or so Jimmy Butler led team, and it's us and Jimmy Butler led teams. It just so happened to merge now because our team is the Jimmy Butler led team. But um, you know, if 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 there was. Any instance where we should be motivated as all get out to deliver a two pack of whoop ads, then it's Friday and Saturday. Not only are we coming off, as you put it, to open the show, a shellacking against the Suns, but we also owe these two teams for what they've done to us previously in the year. So I fully expect us to see um, a peak version or close to peak version of the Miami Heat and you know a nasal congestion is serious sometimes it burns sometimes you can't breathe so i'm not going to be like the rest of the people and say jimmy's making so many and so and so in odd dollars and can't play for a runny nose but i fully expect him to be back in the lineup friday and saturday and i expect him to be pissed off
0: i think he will be okay just have some nyquil and day cool jimmy and it'll all be absolutely
1: fun. hey look man if 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 we talking jimbo the guy that's been all he's been for us and his time here and he need a game off because he can't breathe or he's stuffy or whatever, whatever. Give him a game off. If anybody's earned it, it's that fool.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anything else on the Caps and the T-Wolves? The
1: um, we need to beat the shit out of Minnesota. I mean, I want to stomp a mud hole in Minnesota. I want to beat them fools by 20.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. Okay, so non-heat-related news. First of all, baseball's back, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a baseball podcast, Absolutely. but I just, I just wanted to mention that. I
1: mean, we, hey thing, look, man, we, we say it all the time. We're renaissance man. We're sports man. They finally came to a deal. i tell you what. We can, we're going to get two minutes on this. Damn what you say, JJ. Baseball <laughs> needs to stop tripping over themselves. And I say that to say it's a dying sport, bro. As you trend younger, nobody gives a fuck. We're not watching it until the fall classic. Um... Across 162, the ratings have been steadily going down for a decade or so. And now you continue with this drama. I'm glad you got to a deal because you had to. You're already talking about a dying sport. Don't keep shooting yourself. You're already dying. Come on now. They had to get a deal done. But like you said, I'm glad they did. Um, Well, now again, we're talking billionaires versus millionaires here. But at the same time, for crying out loud, like when you're talking sports fan, you're talking blue collar people who go to work all week, and we know because we die hard Heat fans, and uh, I've been afflicted with the disease of being a die hard Cowboys fan. Let's not talk about it. So when mm. you go to work all week as regular people, how do you feel you about home, having to cut
0: Amari Cooper potentially?
1: No, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. Just don't do this to fit
0: me. Dalton don't Schultz, Schultz franchise don't do tag.
1: Hey, brother, I'm with that though because Dalton Schultz had to come back. Dalton shows is arguably our most reliable offensive guy. And I say that because when Dak finds himself in a pinch, and having a good tight end is like having a good, you know what I mean? It's like having a good weighted blanket. Um, as Jason Witten and Tony Romo. I mean, you had to bring him back. See, this ain't a football podcast, but you got something else out of me right there, JJ. And I'm going to nip it in the bud right here. I don't <laughs> mind it because paying Amari $20 million a year for him to only show up six to eight games a year I like Coop. I love me some Coop, but I can't pay that twenty million dollars a year when I'm at risk of losing other good players. I understand. I, think, I don't think I the don't.
0: issue with them is talent. It's just that the cap hit if, is. It's
1: it's also consistency. If there was a guy that if he was a guy that showed up fourteen or more games a year and gave you what he gave you, you say fuck it and you eat that twenty. But because he only shows up in six to eight games a year and is the guy you're paying $20 million for, where you got eight to 10 other games, where CD Lamb is your best player for seven or eight of them, and then Michael Gallup, um, who's the youngest of them, um, well, not the youngest of them, but the middle of them, and also the guy that you've targeted least when you're talking about him, CD or Amari. When you got Michael Gallup or even, um, what's our fourth guy, Big Sid Wilson, who's stepping up and making plays, more plays than Amari did in any given game, how can you justify playing that guy $20 million? You know what I mean? So, again, I still think Amari's a really good receiver. And he's going to go somewhere and remind people of how good he is. It just can't be for us at $20 million a year.
0: Because, okay, I mean, enough. we could also – That's enough, Cowboys. I know,
1: I know, brother. We could go days for days. We might have to cut Tank Lors. We couldn't offer the franchise tender to Randy Gregory. I mean, geez, Louise, we're thinking about trading Lael Collins. Let's move on, JJ. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Let's, move on. Let's move on. Hey – at least the silver lining, Carson Wentz is back in your division, so you're back to catching passes from him. So
1: Two wins a year, baby. Two wins a year.
0: Anyway, we went a bit off track there. Off sport, and now, I should say.
1: And now since we finished our NFL section of the show, I'm just
0: saying. We got a game tonight that's appointment viewing, in my opinion. The Brooklyn Nets visited the Philadelphia 76ers. The first game between the teams after the James Harden trade. Now, Ben Simmons won't play, but James Harden will. That's right okay, a right
1: Okay, Okay, let's put a pin right there real quick. We knew Ben Simmons wasn't gonna come back until after oh, yeah, we game, called right. it.
0: We called it, like, a week ago.
1: Yeah, like, we, we knew that he, like, I don't, you know, the back issues, whatever, whatever, you can say if they're real or imaginary. I don't give a damn if they're real or imaginary. You take a shot to play in this game if you got any sorts of kahunas. If the coconuts, they grow on the limbs of your legs, are worth anything, then you take a damn shot if your back is truly hurting just to play in this game. But just to be quite frank, and this isn't disparaging him as a person, as a man, or whatever, whatever, but as an athlete, as a competitor, as a basketball player at the highest level, for you to carry this this way says a ton about you. Says a ton about you. I'm glad that you're not on my team. Now, if you come out and kill it and for some strange reason you end up in Miami, then I gotta support you. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know how I would feel. Uh,
0: He's a clutch uh, client, don't worry.
1: I, I hate to say this word. I, I, I'm i not gonna call him this. I'm gonna say this action is this. And you might have to blurt me out here, JJ. This is some ho ass shit.
0: You I can't you do were. this as a, <laughs> you can't Thank do goodness. this. I thought you were gonna call him the P word. And I was like, oh shit. Well, oh, my no, no,
1: no, 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 no. I, I will not gonna do that. <laughs> <This> <laughs> I some was hoe, like, okay. This, this some ho shit. You can't do this. You can't be a world-class athlete. You can't make a big fussy dust about all of this. You can't act like your mental health and all of this jazz. And I'm not disparaging mental health because you never know what people are going through and me and JJ have dealt with it. So we are people that know that it is real. I'm not doing that. But when the signs and the evidence are so clearly laid out before you as to what is actually going on as they are in this Ben Simmons conversation, then you can only look at him with less integrity as a competitor, less integrity as a high-level basketball player. There ain't shit you can tell me outside of going the fuck off in an NBA's final series that will make me think higher of you. Because this, this right here, this is a whole move.
0: I'm done. it's It's been bad, I won't deny it. I will not judge him, I will refrain from judgment. But it has not been a good look, okay?
1: And see, here's the kicker, man. Okay, I'm in tune with the culture. So, you know, I listen to a lot of places, and you know, the check mark gets you access, to certain things don't. So I have conversations with certain people, and I won't call any names. But there's word out there that is shit as late ago as last fall, six months before the season started, six months before the world found out that he was going to leave, People in public places with him said things like when they did toasts, he said toast to new beginnings. This was always his plan. So don't give me any of that other stuff. He wanted the hell out of Philly, plain and simple. And now he's scared to put his talents on display in his first time back. But don't get it twisted. As we're going to get to in a second, they don't care if you play or not. The fans in Philly are going to let you hear and rightfully so. I'm usually not with the antics, but in this particular situation, he made it personal. So for them to make it personal is completely fine in my book. Now, this is something we say for this moment. So go ahead and introduce the video we're talking about and give me a take, brother.
0: Oh uh, yeah, well, there was a video that surfaced on social media that Ben Simmons was at a coffee shop, probably, probably in Philadelphia, getting his stuff. And people waiting outside for him call him all sorts of colorful things. Listen. In my opinion, listen. I don't care. Like, if an athlete, like if there's a messy exit out of ex-player from the Miami Heat, do. You really think I'm gonna like spend waste some time of my day waiting for another man to come out of a coffee coffee shop just to say things to him? No. Now, they're well within their rights to do that. I think it's lame. But I, I I just, whatever, man. It, it's a tricky situation because I could see how the fans, I could maybe fe- see why fans might feel angry. But I also say, listen, man, I mean, seriously, that's lame behavior. Just waiting for another man outside of a coffee shop and hurling insults at him.
1: Let me ask you something, J.J. How many times have you seen the Batman since he came out?
0: I've seen it two times
1: right 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 um would you call those people that went full garb, full Batman suit to show up at the theater full Joker costume I mean full cosplay to go see the movie the people that freak out standing outside of the movie theater at 11 o'clock from nine o'clock on for 12 o'clock premiere would you call them lame
0: there's a difference there, man. They're not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm not, hey, look, brother. Don't don't change a, my example. I'm answering
1: my question. I'm gonna let you contest. Well, I'm actively. changing the answer example because
0: question. it's not fair. It's not a good example. That's a different thing. They're not actively harassing another person. They're not no, no, no. calling see, anybody well, see, anybody names. Well,
1: see now you're now you're trying to change the narrative on my point though. But see that's why I say I'm gonna let you contest. Just answer my question. Would you call them lame?
0: I wouldn't call them lame.
1: Right. So when something means because they're something, not violent, to,
0: they're not violently, or, or act, I, I don't think not, well, we'll see that's
1: soft for you to tell me that me expressing my thoughts is violence, but for you to express your thoughts and not do the job that people have paid their ticket money to help pay you millions of dollars to do. Now you're contradicting yourself. Can, so what, well, so what you're no, saying, I'm so not what contradic- you're saying I'm, is, what I'm so what saying is a specific situation regarding
0: thoughts, Ben. No, listen, what I'm saying regarding the specific situation regarding Ben at the coffee shop, that's lame. If you want to heckle him during the game, fine. You see what I'm saying?
1: Well, I don't know if it was the coffee shop or if that was his hotel. Um, which is something that athlete which is something that fans do all the time. They show up to the hotels of their favorite actors, their favorite tour musicians, their favorite athletes. Um, okay. First of all, I just wanted to put that out there. But second of all, I mean, yeah, I see you trying to convolute the example. My whole point, which you didn't let me finish, was the fact that if you're passionate about something, nobody, nobody, nobody can judge your passion, can tell you what your passion means to you. And you know, like I know, Philly fans are different. They are different. They, this is just what they do. And Ben Simmons knew that. So for you to go out here and go out of your way across the last 12 months to shit on Philly fans, to shit on the 76ers, to shit on Doc Rivers, to shit on Joel Embiid, the guy that they're watching go out there and put up an MVP type season, for you to go out of your way to shit on them, you can't then judge the fans for doing what they do. Because if bro had just went about his business and got out of there like regular, you mentioned the Miami Heat. Well, I'm here to tell you, brother, that would never happen in Miami. Never. Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra, the organization wouldn't allow that to happen. But Ben Simmons continuously went out of his way, bent over backwards on that bad back to shit on Philly. So when you're talking about that fan base in that city that makes it different if he had a one about it regularly if he had even want about it somewhat animated i might agree with you but he bent over backwards to sabotage and to shit on them they deserve to feel how they feel and they deserve to let him hear about it and he deserves to hear about it plain and simple
0: yeah i still disagree just let a let a person just go to a coffee shop. If you're at the stadium at, at the arena, hurl insults, say whatever you want. If he's at the bench, say whatever you want. Of course, as long as you don't send death threats or anything like that. Absolutely, keep, absolutely, uh, absolutely.
1: Because you sound because you sound a real Westbrookish right now. You are sensitive because they call it you Westbrook. You mean to tell no, me I can't tell you? how You, you know playing? what?
0: Let's 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 go and let's go into that. Russell Westbrook has been a combative personality with the media
1: absolutely oh he's he has definitely back. getting he's getting everything back that he's ever given out sorry now, to cut
0: you off but go ahead the part that his wife mentioned of them getting of them getting death threats threats no that's going too far <laughs> too far that's uncalled for in any situation as well some people that take it far and call somebody slurs or anything like that that unacceptable too far. In, too far. in any occasion but westbrick really right that, that bothers sense. you my man
1: L- listen here was the thing that got me jj He said I can't bring my family to the game because I don't want my kids hearing people ruin our family name.
0: Well, (sighs) ruining his family name. Well, stop
1: shooting 22% from three then, Westbrook.
0: How about you stop shooting jump shots, my man?
1: Go to the (sighs) club.
0: Whatever, I mean, I mean, I believe the best take on that is don't send death threats. Are not okay. Being sensitive about people calling you Westbrick It's not okay as well. Just take it in stride, man. I, I don't think it's the. I mean, what would, let me, oh my, have you have you ever been called tragic Johnson? Right. Have you ever been called a fraud? Have you ever been called a bum? La Mickey. La
1: Mickey. I mean, here's the thing, Anthony Data
0: Day, Anthony Day to Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, no, that's a, that's a good... I mean, shit, I, I, mean, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't make fun of, oh, of injuries, but... Oh hey,
1: listen, that, that was... That's amazing. Anthony Day to Davis was, like, amazing when I first heard it, bro. Like, when I first... Mr. Glass... I mean, here's the thing, bro. When you're gonna constantly remind me that you're okay, when you're gonna constantly remind me that you make a fuck ton of money, when you go constantly remind me that once you leave the arena, your life is good, you can't then come back and complain because somebody calls you Westbrook.
0: Right. Point blank, period. And as Kevin O'Connor pointed out, this is the same man that when Katie got called Cupcake, he had a whole party with Cupcake themed. How about that?
1: Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun, man. Amen to that. So now I wanna and I wanna put a pin on this last one before we go, because I had another thought. JJ, let me ask you something. If your favorite player refused to shoot a jump shot or layup for your team, right? And then came back the next year where y'all, I mean, like I said, where your best player was playing at an MVP level. Even if he was just 50% of yourself, y'all would be one of the top, y'all would be deep. Let's just be honest. If Ben was back on the floor for Philly all throughout this year and just being fifty to sixty percent himself, they're arguably the number one
0: seed in the East. Can we agree? They're the best scene in the NBA if that happens.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, so with that so with that being said, I mean, again, maybe you won't agree with that execution. Do you understand why Philly fans are that mad?
0: Listen, I'm not discounting their feelings. As I mentioned, if you're at the arena, if you're at the game, as long as you keep it, as long as you don't go out of pocket, you can say whatever. I mean, shit. You're talking to a guy that, that saw not one, but two occasions in the same game. I'm, I'm speaking about myself. I was covering a game as a statistician. Two occasions that almost became a riot. So, I've seen things, don't worry. I don't think, I, that's... I would like to put that into perspective for Westbrook and for Ben Simmons. Like, you think you got you think you got it bad? Oh, boy.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You live in Puerto Rico, brother, where the things aren't quite operating the same way as they are here in the States. So, I get what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down.
0: But, I understand that, I mean, as a per- this is a personal thing. I don't see why people would go out of their way, like, just... Waiting for somebody outside, of like for example, if I went to get some coffee, went to some Tony local Starbucks, went in and then when I came out, there are people that are waiting outside for me, just screaming at me. I would listen, personally, I would just laugh it off. I would think like, what the hell is wrong with these people? But in principle, like, I mean, are I'm thinking really, man? So you, your thought process was. Hey, this guy is in the, in the let's say the Starbucks. Let's call our friends. Just wait outside for him, so we can scream at him. How about that? Huh? So let me. Yeah, let, let me ask good. you
1: this: On the opposite situation, there's also scenarios like that where people wait for the people that they absolutely adore and cheer for them, and take pictures and get autographs. You're fine with that?
0: It's not actively harassing I mean, I mean, I mean, somebody I'm, I'm
1: asking i'm asking a question are you it has a different
0: co- it, it has a different connotation
1: no it, so, it has a nicer connotation so that's where my problem is you can't take the good unless you can also take the bad
0: eh whatever i still think that if the principle I mean, of problem, standing yeah, out of problem. standing out i think the principle standing outside just to share on somebody Yes, I mean, if we, imagine if you do that and you did that to a person that you didn't like,
1: uh, in, well, in real you, life, you might not want to ask me, brother, because I will wait for you outside the grocery store. Cut me the fuck off in the sugar aisle if you want to.
0: Okay, sure, buddy. listen You know what? let I think that that should end our conversation here. Agree to disagree. <clears throat> Anyway, I'm
1: like that, JJ. I'm like that. I'm like that. I take it personal.
0: All of okay, it. Okay, dude. I take it personal, but I take some things personal too. But I don't think I'll wait outside a coffee shop for somebody. Anyway, with that being said, thank you for listening to this eventful episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305CulturePod.
1: And where can they find you on social media, my friend?
0: You can find me on social media at JJ Rivera NBA. On Twitter, I should say. That's at JJ Rivera NBA. And where can they find you, my guy?
1: On Twitter, K said K. That's K underscore S-A-I-D underscore Q-U-E. Again, K said K on Twitter and on Instagram that JJ has so, uh, what's the word I want to use? Enlightenly, let you guys know that he doesn't see me active on you can find me at I M K Series. That's I A M K C I R R U S. Again, I M K Cirrus on Instagram. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That would. There you got it, A- A- Kenneth. Instagram and Twitter. You. I only give you my Twitter. So, thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye bye.